We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Darius. No mic today, but Riggs got to go to his first Laker game on Saturday. Riggs, as you all know if you listen to this show, probably our most frequent guest at this point now, uh, Mike's youngest son, got to go to his first Laker game. And in that game, he saw LeBron James in his 19th year at age 37 score 56 points and lead the Lakers to victory and to a victory that I think is just a very small lifeline from the basketball gods of which our own basketball god reached up and grabbed it on Saturday. Before we get into the results of the game and the ins and outs of the lineups and all of that, 56 points in year 19 a lot of points, has, has never been done before. That, that, I did, we just need to pause and appreciate the, you know, Kobe's last tweet was to, to LeBron, keep pushing the game forward. And what that means to me is to take the game to places that no one else has ever taken the game before. And on Saturday night, LeBron James did that. The talk to me about an absolute masterpiece of a performance from one of the league's all-time greats. I just thought, so on any given night, a great player just has it. So I'm sure you saw this in the melts when you were cutting up film and I saw the Lakers uh, social feeds put out a lot of different content around LeBron's night. So there was a point in the second half. It might have been the second half. He had had 40 points already, I think. The words were taking free throws and LeBron's and LeBron was underneath the basket in rebounding position. And then he did the Anthony Davis thing, which is the Lakers do this a lot. They run their big man to the other side of the court for the potential of like a long outlet or a quick hit, a head pass after a free throw where the big man is down there potentially by himself. Right. With just one guy, his own man, and you, you just beat your own man. And then that's it. So LeBron goes back there and then someone notices, I think it's Toscano Anderson, and he runs back to guard LeBron because that's LeBron's guy. And LeBron is sort of like not paying attention to Toscano Anderson at all. And instead, he's sort of looking to the crowd a little bit. And he starts to just nod his head and smile and sort of look Mm -hmm. wistfully 
at his night that is going on right now. And almost, and I don't know what is going through LeBron's head at that point, but he's got a boatload of points and he is clearly feeling it. And it was that acknowledgement of, it don't matter who's here right now. Like I'm getting mine tonight. And there was that sheer force of will. Frank Vogel talked about that post post game, like LeBron's will just to go get it. Right. And look, big picture, if the Lakers are going to need 56 points from LeBron James on any given night in order to win a basketball game, that's bad news for for the Lakers. But on a night where the Lakers needed a win pretty badly, Mm -hmm. right, against another team who needed a win pretty badly, right? LeBron James was the dude who said, no, 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 no. Tonight, hop on my shoulders. And we're doing this tonight. You've been talking a lot about belief lately and how that's just like the core thing and how that's just the core ingredient in in the whole thing and how it's that gets sapped from you. And the way that this season has gone has sapped a lot of the belief from the team and rightfully so. And it's something that's not even a conscious decision. It is Mm -hmm. something that happens and, and it goes away. My thought is that we don't need to believe that we can win a championship with this team. We need to believe that we can win tonight with this team. And there's nothing that gives you more of that belief than having a guy like that next to you, because we shouldn't have won that game. We had, we'll get to more of the details of it later in the game, but there were stretches where it's like, Oh no, we can't be doing this. Right. And, but it didn't matter. And these are the types of games I was talking about this on the last pod going into the weekend where it's not even fair, but we need a LeBron to lead us out of this because he's the only person capable of that, of digging us out of that hole that we were in and that we were falling deeper into. He was the only one capable and he did that. And so that's just to be able to do that and have that type of game in him at this point, I'm just blown away, man. Just really quickly on that point about belief, it's adjusting your expectations to that new perspective of what belief you need to have. Mm, that mm-hmm. is a part of being able to perform to the point that they did as a team and that LeBron did as a player, right? Because if you were still caught up in the idea of we were supposed to be a championship team, we are now eight games under 500. That's the stuff that saps your belief. It is, but it's also not in the moment. That's no. part of the dangers of looking in the past, looking in the future. Well, that's the thing, though. It's hard to separate those things when you're when you're a veteran team the way that the Lakers are and what they were actually built to do because sometimes becoming the championship team is very organic I think of like the 2008 Lakers team the team that lost to the Celtics that team was not a championship team they became a championship team in the midst of that season and it's one of the reasons why they're one of my favorite teams ever Even though they never won. They grew so much that year. Yeah. Because that year started with Kobe getting booed on opening night, coming off of the offseason of trade demands Mm -hmm. and the ship his ass out video, Mm -hmm. parking lot video for Andrew Bynum and Jason Kidd. And that team ended with probably the greatest disappointment they could have possibly felt considering where they were eight months earlier. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is losing, losing a championship and getting routed and then that inspiration carrying them forward. Right. And so the, the idea of 
of we were supposed to be something different. That was not something that grew organically within this team over the course of of a season. They were put together for that. It was almost like the team of master hitmen, like the Ocean's Eleven that idea of like we're coming together specifically for this. And that's why it is hard to separate that. But it's exactly what's needed in the way that you're describing. Right. Because the idea of being able to say, no, 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 no. Forget what's coming. Forget what is behind us. The only thing that matters is right this moment and the thing that we can control. Yeah. Yes. Right? And that's an important thing. It's not always the easiest thing. No, that's the only that's the only part of that that I wanted to acknowledge is that as this team navigates whatever path they need to navigate now in order to try to bring their best night to night to night, it is that living in the moment that is most important. And they're going to need to try to muster that and be deliberate with that. And that's a tricky thing for a team full of, of, of veteran guys. But I will say that as the team skews younger and as they start to play some of these younger guys, that they can foster that spirit in each other a little bit more. And it, it, it'll be interesting to see what sort of carry forward comes from this. But in getting back to LeBron and before we go to break here, the thing that stood out to me most about this game, and you had sent this during or after the game in our text thread, is that there was a leadership element to this performance that was more than just like, let my talent carry us. That's it right. was, this is what's needed in order for us to win a basketball game. And I think that's what Frank Vogel was referencing when he was talking about the will to just go win a game. And that to me from LeBron, the numbers were fantastic and otherworldly, but the, hey guys, like, let's go. Yep. Right. Yep. That's exactly what I've been looking for. That was super important for this team on that night. And, and I'm glad that the basketball gods did reward them. That was part of what was fun is that we we were talking about it during the game in the text thread where it was like, we... We need to get one of these. And and we've prayed in various moments throughout the season where it's been a three point game with a minute left. And we've sent various, you know, incantations to each other about like, please just let us get this one. Please let us get this one. And it never works out. And on Saturday, it actually did. And I think in part it was because of that life and spirit of the young guys. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk about the starting lineup. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. D, I think that's the group. I think that's the group that we stick with and then have AD replace Stanley Johnson. But in terms of, we've gotten little fragments throughout this fragmented season of different things that work together. And so one of the things we've seen is Russ and Malik have good chemistry together. It's it's one of those beautiful things about basketball that's hard to quantify, but you usually see it right away with a couple of players. It's like, oh, those two guys go together. Malik and Austin Reeves, uh, Frank Vogel spoke to this and about how the analytics team has been uh, speaking to this. And I'd argue that the tape has said this all season long. Malik and Austin play very well together. Uh, Austin plays well off of LeBron. And so I think that starting lineup in the spirit of continuity, and I'm fascinated to see what we do tonight when we have a guy like Pirtle in the mix, right? Uh, because those big, beefy fives have been the guys that we've – skewed more toward, oh, let's start Dwight tonight. But I think that's the group D. Now, is that group going to lose some games because it's too small? Yes. But I think that what LeBron needs around him more than anything else to really be the guy who leads us is motor, athleticism, want to, drive, desire, and shooting. And so talk to me about that starting group, which I think has played well, not only in this past game, but in the different groupings it's had over the last several. One of the things that the Lakers need most and we've talked about this a fair amount, is motor. They need guys who go and just go and go and go. The The play that symbolized what the Lakers need most and sort of the sort of chaos ideal of this team was that ball that went to the front court and Malik Monk Malik, is like chasing yes. it down. Right. I was just crossing my fingers because I wrote this play down as an example of how we, because it's not even a smart play. Do you, right? oh, you could have no, totally let the go. <laughs> it's not smart. No, that's exactly what I'm talking about, though. Yes. Is, yeah, talk to me. Yeah. That's why it's symbolic of yep. what this team actually is when it's going to be its best. Yes. So the ball, the ball just gets thrown into the backcourt. No one deflected it. Malik could not have thought this is off me. At no, that point, right? Certainly not. He's running and he's chasing it down. And I'm just like, oh, he might get it. Oh, no, he's not going to. Okay, well, Lakers ball out of bounds. Wait, why is he still running? <laughs> wait, wait, what are you doing, Malik? Oh, no, yeah, no, and, no. And, no, and, no, and no. on TV, all we see are like three warriors. We don't see Stanley from that angle, right? Because Stanley's the guy who came in and he was behind the other guys. So it's especially like, what are you doing? And so Malik <laughs> is basically almost diving out of bounds to save this ball. He saves it. And then Stanley comes out of nowhere and catches the pass. And then Malik relocates to to the corner and Stanley one of the things I love most about Stanley's game is just his passing is Mm -hmm. he has a very good feel as a passer so he whips that skip pass over the top right and Clay Clay is probably like 
what the hell is going on even <laughs> right. with this? And so Clay closes out a little late to, to Malik. Malik bombs a three and then he makes it. But there's a spirit in that and there's a yeah, motor. Mm-hmm. That was all motor right there. And I feel like what the Lakers need most is a lot of that. Get as many of those dudes who have obviously a baseline level of talent. Like, look, Malik Monk's a talented dude. Stanley Johnson's a talented dude. Those dudes were five-star recruits, man. Have they had the most blessed NBA careers? They have not. But those dudes have pedigree. They are not just no-name dudes. They went to Kentucky and the University of Arizona. Those dudes know what they're doing in terms of being basketball players. And then Austin Reeves. I thought Austin, again was tremendous and those three guys to me they are they are the most sort of plug and play guys that you have across the entire roster do they have holes in their games yes but they can play in most any group that the lakers throw out and and contribute in the ways that they know how to play and so to start all of them Next to LeBron and Russ, I I agree with you. I think that this is the group that needs to play. I think that they're the best starting five that the Lakers can throw out there without Anthony Davis available. And 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 that that's a group that should find time on the floor together, even when AD comes back. So I want to start with the that play. I'm so glad you brought that up. Like I said, I had it written down as a play that I wanted to single out as an example. And Let's say Malik just lets that ball go out of bounds. Then what's the basketball situation? It's a stagnant five on five. And that's when we're at our worst. And so it's about a mindset and a mentality of we need to optimize as many of these types of situations as possible. Those guys with pedigree, those guys that went to Kentucky, those guys that were five-star recruits are almost always tremendous in the open floor because the lower levels of basketball is has more of that and it's less it's not as organized right and so the superior athletes with you know that can handle the ball that can operate in open space can really thrive and then obviously as you get to higher levels of play the game gets more organized and what this lakers team fundamentally needs to do because they cannot win conventional basketball is really optimize the frequency of the unconventional basketball of those open court plays of those plays where the defense is not set and try to emphasize that as much as possible and you might mess around and and win some games and Anthony Davis can slide right into that style of play too because defensively and this is one thing that I've really liked about having Austin in the starting lineup is Austin is is a, a good defender. He can get beat with quickness or uh, by stronger players. But Austin is a defensive playmaker. And in this style, the ability to get deflections, to get steals, to get blocks. He had either two blocks and three steals or vice versa in that game. But they were crooked numbers in both categories while being assigned to Steph Curry at the beginning of the game, while being able to switch onto bigger players. And now, mind you, in all of this, Golden State is an especially small team, especially with Draymond out that's really vulnerable around the rim. So the translatability of this type of game to other games is, it it will vary for sure. 
But Austin's defensive playmaking and even Malik, like when Malik's locked in, Malik will come flying through. He'll get a deflection. To me, the ideal defense of this team in that chaotic type style is one that gets deflections, gets turnovers. Maybe they give up some easy layups around the rim, but they're also forcing turnovers. They're also creating those types of possessions that get them that facilitate the style of play where they're at their best. I'm so happy, too, that Frank highlighted the Malik and Austin duo, especially, and that he mentioned that, look, like we've been seeing this. It had worked in bench units. And so we wanted to elevate that to the starting group and see if it translated as well. For what it's worth, in looking at the lineup data, when Malik and Austin share the floor together the Lakers are, I think, a plus 12.5 net rating. They've got um, 99.2 defense and 111.8 offense, right? And that's in 430 minutes. And and so the sample, like at this late in the season, you'd like that sample to be bigger because there are five-man groups in the league that have more minutes than, than that together right like at this point in the season if you've got two guys who are cooking well together you'd want a number like that to be like 800 minutes or something like that but to know that just when those two dudes have been on the floor together this year and those 430 minutes the lakers are that much better than their opponents that is telling you that the Lakers as a five-man group with when these two guys are a part of it are doing something really really well on both sides of the ball especially relative to the rest of the team right this is not a plus 12.5 net rating team overall right and so even relative to the weaknesses of the rest of the team I you know that that really stands out yeah and and so just in getting back to the starting lineup yes this group needs to be the group. And I don't care about Jakob Pertl. And this is where the asks on LeBron becomes like important and the conversations about like, hey, what are we going to do here? And what do you actually want out of this, right? Because on some of these nights, it may be you, Bron, who has to guard Nikola Jokic until Anthony Davis comes back. Are, are you going to be cool with that? Because if you are, then we're going to keep playing this small group. And Mm -hmm. we're just going to keep running and running and running, and we're going to do our best in order to win basketball games this way. But I wrote about this at Silver Screen and Roll over the weekend. This idea of just finding a lane and choosing a lane and saying, like, this is the this version of us may not get us to where we wanted to be before the season started, but it's the best version of us that we can offer right now. And so let's just mm-hmm. go and do, do that. I know that's been something that you've been advocating for a long time, but the idea of, well, we can't be too, there, there can't be half measures. This team isn't good enough to be nope. like, we can play multiple styles and win. Yep. Right. Like, Spot on. And, and and so and they may not even be good enough to play one style and win at the level in which they hope to win. But this gives them the best chance. And, and so 
Let's go to break, Pete, because when we come back on uh, the other side of this, I know that there's this want to sort of forecast and go forward about like what was this group look like. But I do want to start to fill in the gaps a little bit more beyond just that five man group and, and, and sort of look at. All right. Well, we talked about three through eight before in a previous pod. Well, what does position six, seven, eight and nine look like on a team that needs to play this way? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, Pete, Wendon Gabriel's been a DNP in two straight games after he's been signed. Avery Bradley came back in this last game and he played. Uh, THT, who had missed the previous game with, with an ankle, he played in, in this past game. DJ Augustine has played. So the Lakers playing a lot of guards right now. Talk to me some about like playing smaller. Okay, look, here's a bunch of small guys. They're playing them. But building out lineups that work outside of that first five is going to be super important for Frank Vogel. I think he's still searching some. And there has been some success and there's been some failures. The failures have had some really deep valleys here. Just talk to me some about the guards and and, and how they need to start to fill in some of these groups. So I actually want to start from the point the obvious point that we don't have enough good NBA players on the roster. And that puts you in a place where I, I want to focus on like a, a certain time of the game, which is the last three minutes of the first quarter and third quarter and the first three or four minutes of the second quarter and fourth quarter, right? So it's this seven, eight, seven, eight minute stretch uh, of both halves where when you watch the games, it's like, oh, this is where things kind of fall apart. We had a 14-point lead in the first quarter of that game against Golden State. I remember looking at the score like, I don't remember the last time we had a double-digit lead. And it felt very foreign. And then by the end of the quarter, we were only up seven. And then by a couple minutes into that second quarter, the game's tied. And then a couple minutes later, they're actually up seven. And it's now you're starting to put that lineup that we were just singing its praises of, but your team is so funky and the opponent has so much momentum and good vibes going for them that even once you put the good players back in the game, it's hard to stop that run. And so that's just the nature of basketball. But so we don't have enough good players in that portion of the roster. And what that means is it makes the lineups that you play really sensitive. And so there are two different plays that I think represent two different problems. The first I'll start is on offense. Uh, I, I believe it was at the end of the first quarter, and both THT and Stanley were in the game. And we were playing this small ball five-out style, which is very drive-and-kick heavy. And our drive-and-kick stuff slowly started to get better in terms of like you drive – kick it out. And when you're coaching it, you say drive, kick and relocate. Because if you just drive and kick and stand there, you end up clogging up the spacing. And so we're getting better at that type of like relocations and uh, dribble penetration principles. But there was a strong side action between Stanley and THT. And THT drove and kicked it out to Stanley for an openish three that Stanley did not want to take. And so Stanley 
you know, shot faked, racked middle, which means that the relocation for THT is back to Stanley's spot. You fill the empty spot, right? And so it's kind of this circle. It's it, And when you're watching good drive and kick teams, it very much looks like a wheel at different parts of, of the floor. And this can be true of motion offenses as well. So anyway, <laughs> so he drives and kicks to Stanley. Stanley shot fakes, rips through, drives middle. THT relocates to where Stanley was. Stanley kicks it out to THT for the same damn shot that Stanley had open. <laughs> That THT didn't want to take either. And it ended up uh, ending, I believe, with uh, with THT kind of casting off this long wing three that was a bad shot. That was a much worse shot than the two corner threes, openish corner threes that they could have had. But when we talk about like lineup sensitivity, we have a lot of guys who the defense would be totally fine with them shooting an openish three. And we have to be very careful not to play too many of them. And I think THT and Stanley in particular, like Russ is a guy that teams have been playing off of him for so long. Like he won an MVP with teams playing five feet off of him. You know what I mean? So he knows how the different ways to throw them off balance and just kind of the tricks of the trade in ways that THT and, and Stanley don't know how to navigate that as much. So well, I just not think good that- enough. They're, they're right, not as good right. as what Russ was right. either when he won an MVP, <laughs> right? And, 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 yeah. and so, like, right. let's give Russ his credit for what he was and what he's been during his career. But please go on. No, no. Thank you for, yes, that being the most obvious and most important point. Thank you. <laughs> so that is, uh, those two guys in particular are, they don't have those same tools to access. Even an aging Westbrook knows how to score and, and get production out of those possessions in ways that those two don't. And so if you're if you're a five out team that's small ball, but has that little shooting in out of drive and kick situations, like if you can't drive and kick, you're not going to be able to be good on offense. And then the second one is just the lineup. Like you can't have mellow and four guards on the floor. You just can't like it's it's not going to work. That's like that is so far beyond like what small ball if you're going to have a four guard lineup you got to have like the best defensive player in the world or a guy who's in that conversation uh, as that other guy just for even it to be feasible now we have one of those guys he's just not healthy right now so you could argue that there's some times where you could put ad and four guards out there and in the middle of a game in a second quarter that might work for you but mellow and, and four guards just like and that team gave up a lot of points. now they won their second half shift but i would just argue that that's not something we can do going forward it's it's hard because when you talked about the team not having enough like good NBA players, the guys who are sort of fringish rotation players, they all are like, oh, you're six five, you're six four, you're six <laughs> three, right? Um DJ Augustine's listed at six foot or something. He's not. He's <laughs> under that by a, at least a couple of inches. There was a defensive possession that stood out to me. Augustine was out there trying to box out. It was either Moody or it might have been Kaminga. He had boxed this dude out and he he had a body on him. And it didn't matter it didn't matter the least bit. He jumped up, he grabbed the ball, he laid it up and then because because Augustine was still boxing him out, it was an and one, right? Because was he was bridge, yeah, yeah cuz he got underneath his body a little bit. And Augustine was in the right place. He was doing the exact thing he wanted to do, and it absolutely did not matter because this other dude was literally like eight inches taller than him and worlds longer as well. But the problem with the Lakers is that they 
don't have bigs who could have played in that game. Gabriel is a, he's on a two-way contract. I think he needs to get out there and get his feet wet just to see if he can play in the part of the game that's actually competitive. Like you need to learn something about him eventually. But I have a hard time believing that you can sign Augustine and then Bradley comes back and you can play all of these guards and still have a viable role for them because you end up in these positions where, okay, THT, you're our power forward and you're playing next to Carmelo Anthony, who is our center, right? Because those are the groups like, like, are these, if you're looking at who's available one through nine, are these maybe your best basketball players one through nine? Probably. But the functionality of the lineups right. is like, it's, it's hard to find the function of those groups and asking them to succeed is too hard right now you could make other lineups worse you could make that starting lineup worse you could say well we're not going to play austin or we're not going to play stanley but you run into the same problem in a different part of the game then where you are you were making functional lineups less functional in order to account for different parts of the game and so the Lakers have had too many of these groupings all all year. They've been those survival groups that you've talked about. And a lot of that is injury. A lot of it, and then coupled with roster construction and imbalance of the lineups or of the roster. And this is where the Lakers are. But I would argue, big picture, they probably need to play Gabriel. And they need to find three or four of those seven-minute stretches that you talked about, those eight-minute wraparounds. For half of those minutes, you can't survive for eight minutes. Can you survive for four? Can you survive for three? Maybe. But surviving for 12 minutes or 16 minutes over the course of a full, full game, that's, that's too many minutes. You're not going to survive. And that's why you do need a LeBron James 50-point night to win a basketball game. And so figuring that part of things out is imperative on the coaching staff. And I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that there's an easy solution or that what I'm proposing play winning Gabriel is like some like, oh, well, that's going going to work. But I mean, he's a six, nine guy who will run around and do guys that six foot nine guys do. And that's important when you actually don't have six foot nine guys. I actually believe in that very strongly. I, I believe in that point that you just made. But much more forcefully in that this point you spoke to about we're putting out lineups that are not functional. It's not commentary on any of the individual players that are on the floor at any given time. It's just that you can't have four guards plus mellow. It's not an indictment on the guards or mellow. It's just that collectively, if you don't have an athlete on the floor that's taller than six five in an NBA basketball game, that's just not going to work. And you have to have a couple of guys with long arms at the very least that are active around the rim that can win a battle 10 feet in the air. Because what Golden State did uh, was they just attacked that group. They just like once you get in the air, who's going to jump? Even THT for a guard is a floor bound guy. So you've completely given up on the airspace battle. And one of the reasons why that group succeeded in in the second half is that Steve Kerr went to an almost equally small group and said, okay, well, we'll, we'll match up with you. 
a little bit more. And so it was like, oh, there's Moody and Poole. And it's just like they didn't play any of their forceful wings. Right. And right. the Lakers were able to hang more, which was odd because they won that first shift against the Mellow and Four Guards. It was like 11 to three in that first shift. So but I'm talking projecting going forward. Like yes. Mellow and Four Guards can't be part of the plan. And and so I'm not arguing for Wenyan Gabriel because I think Wenyan Gabriel is anything more than a replacement player. I'm arguing for Wenyan Gabriel the same for the same reason I was arguing for Stanley Johnson, is that having a player with certain attributes, which we do not have on any other part of the roster, it makes the lineup more functional. If it's Mello and Gabriel next to each other, the other three guards, like just the lineup in total works more, right? And Gabriel's a guy who I think he's a great pairing with Russ because he's a guy who can you know, win some rebounding battles and just do motor stuff around the rim while not clogging the paint, right? Because up until this point this season, the way that the Lakers have tried to solve this problem is, oh, we'll play Dwight. If we're too small in those second units, then let's have Dwight play. But then that causes issues with your perimeter mobility. That causes issues on the offensive end, compounding a lot of the non-shooters that we have. And so that hasn't worked either. And so Gabriel is somebody that I think just slides Mello down to the four spot, right? And yeah. and that doesn't mean that Gabriel's going to like be this great backup five or anything. It just, in totality... Now you're not asking. Now THT is the three. He's not the four. You know, and and things start to slot a lot more effectively. And even though Gabriel's effectively a replacement level player, and, and so we talked a lot about Braun at the beginning, and we've talked a lot about the athletes and the line lineup stuff. I I do just want to say Russell Westbrook made some really good basketball plays against the Warriors, <laughs> and On both ends. and I didn't want to ignore that and not mention his name entirely for like the entire pod. I appreciate that. He had a fantastic driving kick three during the Lakers run in the fourth quarter, like in towards towards the end of the game. That was a super important play. I think he hit Monk. It was Monk on the wing. Yeah, yeah with a left-handed pass, mm-hmm. right? He drove hard baseline. The Warriors did what they were supposed to do. They cut off the driving angle and then they they slipped low end right to cut off the baseline pass and Russ whipped a left-handed pass all the way back out to above the break right into Monk shooting pocket Russ's stats were there he had five five turnovers he had five fouls as well um but his numbers were there he shot efficiently he got to to the basket there's just like more of that, please, is an obvious thing to say about Russ. But I just thought this was an important performance from Russ, not to the level that LeBron played, obviously, but it was an important performance from Russ. And you need that from your best players. And he's one of the team's best players still, regardless of the up and down nature and all of the noise around benching. And uh, Right. There's a lot of that going on right now. But I just wanted to mention, hey, Russ, like. Good game, bro. Like, yeah. I really appreciate that that performance. You helped the Lakers get a very important win. He, he's been solid for a couple of games now. And they're driving to the basket, and he's figuring out that he needs to get two feet underneath him more than the speed attacks. He's doing a good job of beating bigger wings, kind of keeping them off balance and jump stopping in the lane and all that. He's he's figuring it out. I know that phrase has graded on everybody, but there are kind of functional things that he's starting to do. And I think with the increased spacing, it'll be helpful. Let's hope Popovich goes over screens against him again tonight. Let's hope the guys 
play with the level of desperation and belief that they can beat the Spurs because they got to play with that same level of urgency that they did in all of these games. It's basically playoff time. All right, we'll be back tomorrow to cover how it goes. But until then, you've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. Baines has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tips to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic got it. Magic fires. It's good. The Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Three seconds left. That next to the winner. It's on the way. Good. Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. With his eighth block shot, the NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans well, sticking around right. for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two, one, listen! Unbelievable. What a victory. It's over. Shot clock now to five. Bryant. Yes! And that was a little tough to Albert Gentry. That insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic. Trying to disrupt Rondo, he puts it in. Here's Davis, 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.